Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Today on the Charlie Kirk Show, we ask the question, are we a nation of immigrants? Is our current immigration policy actually helping our country? Should we suspend all immigration into America? The president just signed an executive order around immigration. And how should we feel about that? We dive into that and so much more here on The Charlie Kirk Show. But before we get started, type in The Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider. Give us those five-star ratings, hit subscribe, and leave us those reviews. You guys supporting the show, you guys subscribing, getting other people to subscribe, helps us surge in the podcast charts, mostly ranked on Apple. We want to continue to beat Joe Biden in those charts. Sleepy Joe Biden, who probably doesn't even know he has a podcast. He's corrupt. He's confused. And the podcast might be underwritten by the Chinese Communist Party. You guys can help us beat Joe Biden. All you have to do is type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit that beautiful purple button on the Apple Podcast page, or if you're listening on Spotify, you guys can hit follow. It helps us more than I can put into words. That is what drives our podcast forward. You guys are going to love this podcast. It is very well researched. It is thought-provoking. It's one of the favorite episodes I've ever done. Buckle up, everyone. You're going to enjoy it. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hello, America, or wherever you might be listening to this podcast. Welcome to The Charlie Kirk Show. It is a, wow, another busy news day. I hope all of you are staying safe, washing your hands, and hopefully getting the most out of your quarantine. You could be the best human being that you apply yourself to be. I hope you are all eating well, staying in shape, reading vigorously, and obviously listening to The Charlie Kirk Show and giving us those five-star ratings. We appreciate it very much, and if you guys are not subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show, you guys have to be subscribed and email us your questions. It goes straight to my inbox first, and then our team looks at them, so I see all your emails freedom at charliekirk.com. If you guys have not listened to it already, this is happening in real time. Uh, please go back to our previous episode, America's Most Dangerous War. I go after the refineries that refuse to retool their capacity to be able to refine West Texas intermediate crude. And yet ExxonMobil goes all the way to China and they're breaking ground today on a $10 billion plant. 
So make sure to check out the previous episode of The Charlie Kirk Show. It's one of our best-performing episodes to date. It is comprehensive. If you are wondering why you're only paying 75 cents at the gas station, I explained to you why you're paying only 75 I don't know if it's that low, but $2 at the, at the pump. And I also make the argument that it might not be a good thing for our country and a good thing for the future of the republic. So also breaking in the last day and a half, President Donald Trump, he has courageously and heroically announced he is going to be signing a 60-day moratorium limiting all forms of immigration to the country. Now, there's some debates around the specifics of it. Uh, H-1B visas, EB-5 visas, we're going to dive into a lot of that. But I, I actually want to take a step back and talk about immigration in general. And, and actually, I think the more we talk about this issue, the more research that is done on this issue, and the more discourse and dialogue that we have around the issue of immigration, the better. Immigration has to and should always exist to serve our country. Immigration is not something you have to do automatically. Immigration is not something that can be unchecked. It's not something that has to be unlimited. So immigration should always be in the best interest of our country, always. It shouldn't be something that makes us feel good. It shouldn't be something that Basically, we're able to virtue signal online. It should be, is our current immigration policy and set of policies going to help our citizens and help our country be more competitive, become more prosperous, or become a safer country? I, a couple weeks ago, called for a complete and total moratorium of all immigration into the United States. And the president of the United States, President Trump, deserves tremendous credit for saying that he's going to sign this executive order. He's on the precipice of signing this executive order. The main reason why I call on the president to sign this executive order is because we have 25 million people out of work right now in America. We have the highest ever unemployment, arguably, in the history of our country. So why on earth would we open up our country to foreign nationals that only one of two things could happen if they enter the country in this poor of a job market. Number one, they would take an American's job because there's only so many jobs right now to be filled. Or number two, they would go on government welfare. Now, it's not a popular thing to say, but did you know that 51% of households in America that are immigrant households, legal or illegal, use at least one welfare program? That's not a popular thing to talk about, but it's a fact. It's a fact that 51%, so a majority of of immigrant households in America, legal or illegal, and I don't even call illegal immigrants immigrants, they are trespassing foreign nationals illegally domiciled in our country. An immigrant is someone who follows our laws and comes to our country that is legally accepted for a specific purpose. A foreign national who is trespassed into our country is not an immigrant. In fact, it's an insult to the immigrants that have come here legally and have waited their turn to come into our country legally. And so... I made the argument a couple weeks ago here on The Charlie Kirk Show, and you guys can go back in the archives and listen to it for yourself, especially when it comes to the 5 million college graduates that listen to The Charlie Kirk Show. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you for supporting, that are about to enter the job market, the worst job market in American history, many of whom are saddled with debt, many of whom were promised a good-paying job if they went to one of these colleges that are part of the cartel of the colleges. If they did all these things, they would be rewarded financially down the road. And now somehow they should sacrifice their financial position or their job security because we just have to continue to bring people into our country. So we got to ask ourselves a question. Hold on. Pause right here, right now on the Charlie Kirk Show. We are finally going to have the discussion that needs to happen. What on earth is our immigration policy? 
Is it smart? Is it logical? Is it in the best interest of our country? And what should our immigration policy be? Is it hateful to say you want less immigrants? And exactly how many individuals are coming into our country, both legally and illegally, every single year? We don't even know the illegal number. We can only guess or conjecture it. And again, there are students that have been crushed by the cartel of the colleges that are under student loan debt, that are suffocating in financial abyss, that might lose their job competitiveness to someone halfway across the world that we have not invested in financially, culturally, or otherwise. And speaking of the cartel of the colleges and you guys listening to this program that might have a lot of student loan debt, I want to tell you about Credible. Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. If you're listening to this podcast and you have student loan debt, and I see your emails and you guys email me, freedom at charliekirk.com, and we've heard success stories of people that use Credible.com. This is an amazing program. You could save on student loan debt. You can save on interest, lower your monthly payment, and get debt-free faster and shorten your loan term. You can consolidate all your student loan bills in a single place. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from the 10 different lenders. It only takes a couple of minutes to check rates. Checking rates doesn't impact your credit. They'll never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of different lenders. Again, if you are being crushed by the cartel of the colleges, please visit Credible.com slash Charlie. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash C-H-A-R-L-I-E. You guys might be just anxious and nervous. What am I going to do? I might not no longer have a job. I'm worried. Do something about your student loan debt right now. There's only one place to do it. Only one place I put my name behind it. It's Credible.com slash Charlie. So let's begin the discussion on immigration about what is our current immigration policy right now in America. So every single year, the United States issues, this is just temporary visas, by the way, 80,000 non-agricultural guest worker visas, 85,000 H-1B visas, and hundreds of thousands of agricultural visas. Uh, right now, there are 50 million residents in America that are foreign born. Uh, we have more immigrants in America as a percentage of our population of any single time since 1890. And we will talk about 1890 immigration. Every single year, the United States government issues a million permanent residency cards every single year. A million permanent residency cards. And if you just do some basic math, one of the top ways that people are granted citizenship is once they are granted a permanent residency card, after five years, they can apply for citizenship, which means voting. Now, we also have this silly backwards thing in our immigration system called family chain migration, where just because if you're related to somebody or you're able to vouch for somebody in the in the periphery bloodstream, so your uncle can come or your great uncle can come or your cousin can come, 3.5 million more people every single decade can come through chain migration because of the million people every single year that we allow to have permanent residence. Every single year, America also allows 100,000 refugees seeking help into our country. 100,000 refugees. Now, these people are seeking help. They are fleeing something horrible. Now, one of the main reasons why I called for a total complete shutdown of immigration because of the Chinese coronavirus is we have 27 million people seeking help right now in America. We have 27 million people that, look, they're not fleeing war or famine, but they are fleeing a crisis likes of which the Western world has never seen. From 2008 to 2017, America has brought in a million individuals under humanitarian reasons. Now, some of these people are wonderful American participants in our experiment. Some of them are like Ilan Omar. Choose wisely. When we talk about immigrants, we're talking about what's best for our country. As I mentioned previously, 51% of households, legal or illegal, 
use one welfare program. And again, I don't even like calling them illegal immigrants. I already said I call them foreign nationals that have trespassed into our country. So if you actually tally it all up together, the foreign nationals that trespassed into our country, they are a $116 billion a year financial drain in our country through social services, through taxes they are not paying, through free public education locally that illegal immigrants are quote-unquote entitled to. It is a huge burden on our financial system, a huge burden on our cultural system. Not to mention, we are bringing more immigrants into our system than ever before. Just to give an example of this, between 1965 and 2000, we brought in more people into America than we did the last 100 years. So almost a triple increase between 1965 and 2000. It got even more dramatic after that. After 1991, President H.W. Bush, we nearly doubled the amount of green cards that we issued to nearly 1.1 to 1.2 million green cards that we issue every single year. As I mentioned, 1 million permanent residents. And that number only wants to go up every single year based on the open border lobbies in both political parties. Now, look, a lot of people say, well, Charlie, don't you understand? There's a lot of jobs out there that we Americans don't want to do. I'll be the first one to say I used to believe this and I used to say it. And then it just kind of came to me as I was thinking and I was reading and I was writing and some great advice for you out there. If you want to really find out what you believe and why you believe it, write. Writing is a wonderful exercise for you to be able to extract your deeply held beliefs and analytically take apart your viewpoints. And I thought to myself, am I really making the argument against American workers? And the answer is yes. Look, when Robert Francis O'Rourke, the fake Hispanic Irishman tweets out the following. And again, his language, he he talks like he should be on the show Ozark, okay? He talks like Ruth Langmore. I mean, every other word is the F word. It doesn't take a lot of nuance. It doesn't take a lot of sophistication. He says, who the F do you think is working on the farms and feedlots, bro? Well, he doesn't say bro. In the packing houses and processing plants at a time when we are struggling to feed ourselves. Who's in the kitchen? Who is picking, preparing, and serving all the food we eat and cleaning up afterwards? And what about the scientists and doctors who will come up with the cures and vaccines? You better believe many of them will be immigrants. A stain on our country's conscience, and it will not happen. It will break up families, leave asylum seekers to suffer what will become COVID death camps on our southern border. We will lead to more hate crimes against immigrants. This is illegal and immoral. Do not let it happen. This is a response to Trump's courageous executive order suspending immigration. Now, look, Robert Francis O'Rourke, he is one of the most talentless politicians in American history. He said he would bring down the southern border wall if he was given the option or the opportunity. But this is also an unbelievably racist thing that he just said. All he thinks of for immigrants, he thinks he thinks that immigrants are nothing more than low wage workers. He thinks that immigrants are nothing more than people. Oh, who's going to feed you? Who's going to feed me at my country club if we don't have all this low wage labor? But it's also an anti-American stance. And it's pervasive and it's prevalent that somehow Americans are not going to step up to the plate if we don't moderately adjust wages and we don't undercut their wages to do the jobs that somehow Americans don't want to do. It's an anti-American rhetoric narrative that somehow, oh yeah, we, we don't have the citizens to do this. Meanwhile, we have the inner cities of our country, predominantly black communities that are suffering under gang violence, that are suffering under fatherlessness and work and jobs and economic productivity can help them tremendously. But Robert Francis O'Rourke and President Barack Obama and many other presidents, Republicans as well, have parroted this line that I myself believed in at one point, that I myself thought was completely true just because people kept on saying it. And I remember going back to first grade, this was in our curriculum. And we'll examine whether or not it's true or not, 
but it's at least worth looking at. And it's at least worth considering it's something every single person listening to this podcast has heard before. We are a nation of immigrants. Now, the reason this is parroted so much is basically it is trying to make the argument that because every single person is an immigrant, therefore we should let more immigrants come into America. And that unless you are the Native Americans, you are, a, you are an immigrant. And so, again, I used to believe it not because I thought a lot about it, but just because I said, yeah, I mean, okay, sure. I guess we all came here some way. In one way, North America had to be eventually colonized, the 13 original colonies. But is it actually true? Are we a nation of immigrants? John F. Kennedy said it originally in the 1960s, and almost every single major politician has repeated it ever since. But first, let's define what an immigrant is. An immigrant is an individual that leaves a certain place and goes to something that already exists. So it's an individual that leaves another country, packs up what they have, and goes in pursuit of maybe more opportunity. Uh, hopefully, they're not going in pursuit of government benefits, but unfortunately, the data shows that that happens far too often. But they go to another country that already exists. Is that what the founding fathers were? I would actually make the argument that the founding of our country was not founded by immigrants. We are founded by settlers, frontiersmen, that originally we are a country that was basically created out of the wilderness, that the settlers that came to America traveled into the wilderness, traveled into the nothingness, and created something completely out of nothing. And now that's not to discount the amazing contributions that certain immigrants have given our country throughout the years, immigrants from every single walk of life of every race and every, every, every single ethnicity. I'm just asking the question, is it fair to say that we are only a nation of immigrants? Is that completely and totally true? See, what made America different, different than, for example, the Ottoman Empire taking over Constantinople when King Constantine finally surrendered and relented to the forces of the Ottoman Empire, is America was not conquered. It was not destroyed. America was built and founded. Now, I'm not discounting or making an excuse the horrific acts that is it, are in our history against indigenous people. But despite that, the founding fathers created something that was totally remarkable, had never been created before the greatest experiment in the history of the world. And so, in fact, certain studies show that if we restricted all immigration from America's founding, if, and you included slaves in that, the horrific sin, the inexcusable act of slavery, it would be about 50% of what America's population would be in 1990. So from America's founding forward, it was not immigrants that mostly populated the American story. It was the descendants of our founders. And actually, I think this makes the argument that Donald Trump also said that black Americans have a huge license to the history and the culture of America, a lot more than individuals that have border crossed into our country into the last 20 years, that black Americans helped build America that black Americans who fought for their civil rights and black Americans who fought in the Civil War and black Americans who fought in World War II, they should be angry. They should be righteously indignant when they see the limitless amount of illegals coming into our country, cutting in line and depressing wages all across America. It should bother them. I do want to talk about also the immigrants in 1880s and immigrants in 1890s because it's really important to talk about the Irish individuals, the incredible Jewish immigrants in the early 1900s that came to America. 
In a lot of ways, immigration was a lot different back then than it was today. Number one, when you came to America, you could not have any sort of health deficiencies at all whatsoever. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that's a good idea. I'm just saying it's completely and totally different. Number two, they made you learn the language quickly. And number three, there was no welfare programs or social safety net to to lean upon. Again, I'm not advocating that we should get rid of all welfare, but it does say something that the people that came to America, this was their last and only option. They were fleeing something, but they were heading and betting on themselves that they could create something. Put simply, American immigrants back in the 1800s and early 1900s, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast have grandparents that came during that immigration wave. They used to want to participate, grow, flourish, build, assimilate into the American experiment, not utilize or exploit America and tell us everything that's wrong with our country. They didn't want to come here and all of a sudden, like Elon Omar, who's an ingrate, someone who comes to our country and tells us how awful we are. Instead, it was individuals that came to America and kissed the ground that they landed on and said, thank you, God, you have given me this opportunity to be here. That's a philosophical divergence than the million plus green cards that we are issuing every single year. Do you know there's over 127 different languages spoken in the New York public school system? 127 different languages. How, how are you supposed to have a unified culture when you can't even have a unified language? So are we a nation of immigrants? I have another point on this that I think you're really going to enjoy. But currently, as you know, there's no NBA, no NHL, or no Major League action. And you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be totally wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, as they are bringing Vegas to you. Do you miss the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, Stock Prices, and even Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. For all my NFL fans up there, following the upcoming draft, stay tuned through the end of the episode for Ross Tucker's expert draft analysis presented by Bet Online. So visit the website or use your mobile device right now. Join today, receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Uh, visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code podcast1 for your sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. So as we are in a time of crisis and the president has signed this executive order, it's more important than ever before to look thoughtfully at this issue of immigration. And again, I was just reading an article on American Greatness, great website, by Pedro Gonzalez that I think articulated a lot of this very, very well, to look at it analytically and look at this thoughtfully. And this is, honestly, this virus has given me clarity on the immigration issue. And as much as I would love to be able to open our doors to every single person that might need help in the entire world, that's silly. That's nonsense. It's not good for our country. And it's not emblematic of who we are as a people. And you might say, well, Charlie, that's awfully hateful. Saying that the carpenter in Seattle, Washington, who's out of work right now and has nothing to do and no wage and no income right now, to say that he should take precedence over an individual halfway across the world that wants a chance to come to America and their fallback option is to go on welfare and the data shows they might go on welfare. No, I care about the American citizens that have been in our country, obeyed our laws, speak our language, more so than I care about feeling good about posting, about bringing another million people on Twitter. And that's really what drives a lot of people on the left, like Robert Francis O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke never actually has to live through depressed wages because he married someone who was awfully rich. He does not have to live through the consequences of having his job being sacrificed. I don't even know what his job is. 
I mean, I guess maybe Ilan Omar took his job, so maybe someone did. I, I mean, I guess as some as probably the most radical member of the House of Representatives because he was once a congressman. But you look at all these different types of visas that we mentioned. You have H-1B visas, which are the more skilled visa. Now, I once professed saying, well, we need to expand our H-1B visa uh, because we need more skilled workers. And by the way, if you look at actual Silicon Valley tech giants, the same Silicon Valley tech giants that we believe are censoring us, that we believe are in partnership with the Chinese Communist Party, and all of a sudden we're now supposed to think their immigration policies are great, it really took a step back and made me reconsider and made me look at that issue and say, wait a second, what about the hundreds of thousands of computer engineering graduates right now of American citizens that are graduating from our colleges that need work? And, and so what if these tech companies have to pay a little bit more for labor? So what? I mean, at Turning Point USA, we've had to increase our wages moderately throughout the last three to five years as the labor market tightens. Somehow Silicon Valley should be exempt from that sort of labor tightening. And by the way, I'm not, there's no love lost for the multi-trillion dollar companies like Microsoft that might have to pay an extra $10,000 a year so an American can get a job. And so it goes back to that narrative that we always say is say, well, We're a nation of immigrants, and therefore we just got to keep on having immigrants come into our country, and anything less than that is hateful and bigoted and awful and backwards. There is nothing hateful and backwards about taking care of something you love. There is nothing hateful and backwards about defending something that has been passed on to you by, by past generations. I am a descendant of the American Revolution. My ancestors fought. In the Revolutionary War, my father's mother was a daughter of the American Revolution. My ancestors fought in the Civil War on the Union side, and and my ancestors fought in World War II. And my grandfather fought in World War II for the Army Air Corps throughout the South Pacific. And so every single one of my ancestors that put their life on the line for this incredible gift, America, that was founded ex nihilo, essentially out of nothing, out of wilderness, it was created. That should be preserved and protected. And so when you start to see a certain set of policies that might be putting that gift in jeopardy, you shouldn't be afraid to have a discussion around that. And so for everyone listening to this podcast who might say, well, well, Charlie, I don't know. I, I, I really think that we need to continue to have immigrants come into this country at certain levels. I ask you to take a pause because allow this virus and allow what's happened to the virus to give you a chance to reconsider a previous viewpoint that you might have held. Maybe it was... At, prior to 9-11, maybe you didn't take the threat of, his, of theocratic Islamofascism that seriously. But 9-11 changed everything for you. Maybe after 2008, you thought that there was absolutely nothing wrong with Washington, D.C.'s inside-out relationship with Wall Street. And maybe you look at that differently. Now I'm asking you to look at this particular issue. Something we've never seen before. A complete and total wreckage of the American economy. A total deterioration of the fabric of who we are as Americans, in the sense that we're asking people to stay at home, we're going to see negative 30% GDP growth. Maybe it's time that we look differently about how we let individuals into our country. And by the way, not every single person that comes into our country is coming for the best and right reasons. For example, you look at the Confucius Institute on college campuses, which are Chinese Communist Party funded military installations on college campuses. Why on earth Should we continue to allow Chinese Communist Party students to purchase college tuitions at full price? Now, why would that be a bad thing? It artificially raises the price of tuition for every single college student out there that's not able to pay full price for college tuition and has to borrow money or go in debt. 
See, one of the reasons why colleges continue to raise tuition is they're able to upcharge and upsell the highest level of tuition to international students that are either government-sponsored or they're part of the ruling class of other countries. But for the middle class of our country, for families that are struggling to get by, why would you allow the price of college to continually artificially increased because some Chinese Communist Party tyrant wants to send their kid to a university that your child also goes to? That shouldn't be allowed. And I do want to make this clear that there have been some unbelievable contributions by immigrants to our country in our nation's history. Immigrants that have put it all on the line, immigrants that have served the military, immigrants that have started businesses, immigrants that have successfully assimilated to America, that spoke the language, that played by the rules. And in no way am I trying to invalidate the contribution of human beings that have successfully integrated themselves into America. Instead, I am just asking the question that is our current public policy posture Is the idea that we're nothing more than a nation of immigrants accurate? And is it something that we should continue now and for generations to come? And so now's the time to completely reconsider the way that we do immigration in our country. In 2018, for example, Disney laid off 850 American workers, some of whom were given 90 days to train their replacements. And and this was placed with the threat of losing their severance pay if they didn't stay to the end to train their replacements. So this was under H-1B abuse. And the only reason they were doing this was trying to save a dime. American companies have proven because of their inside-out relationship with the Chinese Communist Party, they have proven because of the lack of their patriotic core as a company that they would rather import people from halfway across the world. And guess what? I'm not even criticizing a lot of these individuals that want to come to America. Who could blame them? We're a benevolent, generous, prosperous country. I'm blaming us. I'm blaming us for not having a set of immigration policies that puts our country first. You look at H-2B visas and they say, well, Charlie, we need agricultural visas. We need people that are able to work in the field. Again, I think that's such, it's so racist if you think that's all that immigrants are good for. I just think it's, it's backwards and it's just, it's just so ruling class elitist rhetoric and doublespeak. But there, uh, there is no job an American won't do. If Americans will storm the beach on Normandy, if Americans will go to the Kandahar Valley in Afghanistan to go fight radical Islamic fundamentalists, if Americans will sacrifice their lives for their fellow brethren, there's no jobs Americans will not do if they're given the opportunity. What they might not do is they won't work for below minimum wage and cash-only jobs when certain employers want to skirt immigration policy so they can maximize their top line while destroying the fabric and the fundamental ethos of our republic. There are a lot of jobs Americans won't do for third world wages, but there are no jobs that Americans will not do if they are asked to do it and if they're given the opportunity to feed their family. Supply and demand works in the labor market as well. So guess what? As we are creating money out of thin air and hyperinflation is imminent, as our production has gone down to negative 30% GDP, it would be beyond foolish to continue a million people coming into our country, green cards every single year. Again, there are only two ways that will work out for the individual coming into our country, even if they're coming legally. They will either disenfranchise a previous American worker or they'll go on welfare. And guess what? Once they become a citizen... The studies show, and the New York Times runs victory laps every single time this happens, they vote overwhelmingly Democrat. They vote overwhelmingly Democrat once they become naturalized citizens. You want to know why Virginia 
has the Second Amendment totally under attack and totally backwards? A lot of it is because of our foolish immigration policy year over year and having unlimited amounts of people that have no understanding of American history that came to this country maybe for good reasons, but they were put into our college system or they were put into our school system or they started to watch our movies or watch the media. And after five, six, ten years, they're voting so far left wing, it'll make your head spin and they want to confiscate all the guns in Virginia. But it all goes back to this narrative of, are we a nation of immigrants? Or probably better way to say what the left always says and a lot of Republican politicians say is, we were founded by a group of settlers that risked everything to start something out of nothing. Our country has been tremendously benefited by immigrants throughout our country's history. However, in recent times, data shows that our current immigration policies of unlimited immigration into our country, under the auspices that we're nothing more than a nation of immigrants, is no longer helping our country. It is not benevolent. It is not generous to just continually open your doors to anyone that wants to come in for any reason at all. And guess what? The American people agree with Trump on the need to end mass migration. And an Ipsos poll released in April found that 79% of Americans, 79% of Americans support temporarily stopping immigration from all other countries. And I've called for a complete moratorium on immigration so we get to pre-pandemic unemployment levels. And then we can transition to something like the RAISE Act that Senator Tom Cotton talks about. But the American people want a complete and total stop right now. Total halt, no more. Stop it. Because we don't have the capacity right now when the country is shut down and recovering from a shutdown, basically a cultural EMP where you just shut everything off completely, totally ghost town cities. All of a sudden, we need to bring the rest of the world's problems right here and right now. And by the way, 79%, that's a three-point increase since March. If President Trump runs on decreased immigration like he did in 2016, he can put Biden on defense so much, especially in the industrial Midwest, have they seen their jobs go overseas and they see their wages continually depressed because of senseless and endless and poor immigration policy. We are in the midst of a crisis. Now is the time for us to speak loudly and clearly around issues that otherwise we would not have been interested in or talked that much about, whether it be China, immigration, national security, trade, critical infrastructure. This virus has changed everything. It's time for us to put our citizens first, put our country first, talk about our history accurately, and be smart the way that we handle probably the most important issue in America today, which is immigration. Health and safety is on the top of everyone's mind right now. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are protected. That's why LegalZoom continues to provide a reliable way for everyone to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. I have used LegalZoom. It's so easy to use. You guys have got to use it. It's LegalZoom.com slash Charlie. Again, it is such an easy to understand process, whether it be their lawyers that you could call at any time. They're not a law firm, so you don't run up these ridiculous fees. It starts with finding the answers to your questions. For example, you can go on there and you can say, do I need a last will or a testament or a living trust? What about advanced healthcare directive? What on earth is a power of attorney? Thankfully, you don't have to figure out everything on your own. LegalZoom's online resources make it easy to get started. And if you need to speak to an attorney, their independent attorney network is their guide to advise you. 
LegalZoom isn't a law firm, so you don't have to worry about expensive billable hours adding up. Uh, this is an important step uh, for you and your family. Again, LegalZoom, I don't partner with a lot of companies like this, but I do put my name behind LegalZoom. I've used it. I understand it. I've spent money on it. And I put my name behind it. And if you guys, if you guys have any legal needs at all, start at an LLC, just general questions about filing taxes, all of that, you go to LegalZoom.com. That's LegalZoom.com, code Charlie, where life meets legal. And just breaking right now at the recording of this podcast, Senator Mitch McConnell has just announced that states are on their own. And guess what? We are going to prove to you that states can declare bankrupt. It is a lie that the media will tell you these next couple of days. If you email us, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com, we will email you the second that that episode comes out that states actually can go bankrupt. And did you know a state has actually gone bankrupt before? Did you know that? The producer team is bewildered. Arkansas went bankrupt in the 1930s when they reneged on their highway debt, and they said we can no longer pay it as the notes say, and that is a form of bankruptcy. Bankruptcy does not mean that you're not going to pay anything at all. And make no mistake, a lot of these states, such as Illinois, the state that I'm originally from, they have a dual motive. One of their motives right now is to try to keep their states shut down or at least continue to communicate to the federal government to try to get federal bailout money. Uh, Illinois is going to be in such fiscal ruin. This actually, If this actually makes Illinois declare bankruptcy, it'll be the best thing that has ever happened to the state of Illinois. Because then you can actually renegotiate your debts and you can renegotiate your uh, promises and you can re- renegotiate all of your liabilities. It would be one of the best things that would ever happen to some of these blue states all across the country. Uh, California and New York will experience similar fiscal crises. By the way, It penalizes states like Florida and Texas that have balanced their budgets for years, states that have gotten things correct, states that have made the tough decisions to not give away everything all the time. And by the way, California wants a bailout from the federal government. Meanwhile, they're giving $125 million in cash to foreign nationals that are illegally in the state of California. They don't put their citizens first. They don't put Californians first. They put their feelings first and they put the future of the Democrat Party first. That is always the primary motivation of the left in today's time. This is, the, this is the, the matrix of all their decisions. What is going to benefit the political chances of the Democrat Party in the future? That's all they care about. Conservatives and President Trump are what's best for our country. And then we'll worry about you know, the conservative movement and Republicans in the future. The Democrats are what's going to be best for the Democrat Party now and in the future. And it's a completely different set of priorities for Democrats than for conservatives. And so we're going to have a whole show on what it means to declare bankruptcy and actually what it means for states. Can states default on their debt? What would that actually look like? Uh, And also we'll talk about some cities that have successfully declared bankruptcy and how they've gotten out of it. Uh, how they how they have gotten out of it. And they're actually more prosperous today than before they went through bank, the bankruptcy process. And states should be allowed to declare bankruptcy. It's one of the few options that they have. And again, a state has declared bankruptcy before. Uh, the state that went bust, it's a New York Times article, actually. The state that went bust, you guys can go back and read that. We'll do an entire episode on that. We haven't asked me anything coming up, so please email me your questions. Freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. I'm almost done with the show Ozark. If you guys have not watched it, uh, I could do a whole hour episode on Ozark. I don't know if you guys would be interested in that. But if you guys would be interested, uh, let me know that. Email me. I just told you the email. I'll tell you one more time. Uh, freedom at charliekirk.com. Uh, Turning Point USA, our students are fighting for liberty and freedom every single day. We are still in the midst of a very, uh, let's just say, tense fight with Baylor University. and uh, Texas Christian University looks like they are going to allow our Turning Point USA chapter on campus very soon. So we are on the precipice of that. But if you guys want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com. Go to tpusa.com. Uh, we are here for 
conservative pro-American analysis of everything that's happening in the Chinese coronavirus. Uh, our episodes and our downloads are going up. So thank you guys for sharing these episodes and for sharing with your family and friends. And please make this podcast aware to more people. Send it in your Instagram DMs. Email it around to your friends. Listen it with family and friends. Uh, support our sponsors as well and email us your questions. Uh, we are fueled by your listenership, by you guys being subscribed, hitting that subscribe button and giving us those five-star ratings. And we're almost at our one-year anniversary of The Charlie Kirk Show. I mean, I'm telling you, millions and millions and millions of downloads at The Charlie Kirk Show. It's absolutely and totally incredible. And so uh, we're actually going to have a one-year anniversary show special, and we're going to ask you guys uh, to continue to support The Charlie Kirk Show, obviously, in the future. And we're going to do something really special for the one-year anniversary of The Charlie Kirk Show. So we got some amazing episodes coming up. We're also going to talk about what's the best way to reopen America, and what if some of these experts continually are wrong about the reopening of America, and you guys should go back in the archives of The Charlie Kirk Show. Go back to listen to my interview with Senator Marsha Blackburn, Senator Tom Cotton, Senator Rick Scott. We have Congressman Dan Crenshaw, interviews with President Trump, Vice President Pence, uh, Donald Trump Jr., and so much more. It's all there on the archives of The Charlie Kirk Show. The more you download, the more it helps us, the more five stars you give us, the better. So guys, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless America. We'll be back with more episodes. Please email Email us your thoughts. And again, uh, get involved with Turning Point USA. If you're a student out there and you're not involved with Turning Point USA, you guys are not doing everything you possibly can to fight for freedom and liberty and American exceptionalism on campuses across the country. We have the field staff to help you. We have the events to excite you. We have the infrastructure to support you. It's tpusa.com. And for you adults out there, if you guys have any extra capital out there and you want a tax deduction, go to tpusa.com, chip in some money. God bless you guys. God bless our country. We will get through this. We will win. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, I got a new podcast coming. It's called Theory. Don't you know? This is Theo Rossi. Our world is changing. For many of us, it'll never feel the same. The important thing to remember is that we are all in this together. And that's some of what I want to talk about on my new show, Theory. We're going to discuss the things that no one ever does. The real talk, the sacrifice, and the struggle that everyone goes through. My life has kind of put me in a unique position to see things honestly. This is Theo Rossi, and my new show, Theory, launches on April 8th, officially on Spotify, Podcast One, and Apple Podcasts. Hey, it is former NFL player Ross Tucker from the cleverly named Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And perhaps more importantly, for our purposes right now, the Even Money Sports Betting Gambling Podcast, which, like everything else, is presented by Bet Online. And I am here to give you my top 10 picks for the 2020 NFL Draft coming up on Thursday, April 23rd. By the way, you can bet on pretty much any player where they're going to be drafted. And I'm going to give you some tips on that right now. Just use the code PODCAST1 at betonline.ag and you'll get, number one, a glorious sign-up bonus. And number two, you'll be able to make the draft even more entertaining than it already is when you place over-under bets on where these guys will get selected. Obviously, I think number one, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take the LSU quarterback, Joe Burrow. Would be very surprised if they didn't. Number two with the Washington Redskins, some rumors about them taking a quarterback. I don't believe it. Chase Young, the defensive end from Ohio State, is an absolute stud. That's who the Redskins will take. By the way, I bet online, his over-under is two and a half. So I love the under. Chase Young is going number two. 
So take that money, bet online, put it on the under on Chase Young. Number three, Detroit. A lot of speculation that the Miami Dolphins or the L.A. Chargers will trade up to number three to take a quarterback. I don't think it's going to happen. I think both the Dolphins and the Chargers are comfortable getting either Tua Tungavailoa from Alabama or Justin Herbert from Oregon. And I don't think either one of them ends up trading up. So I think the Lions end up taking another Ohio State Buckeye. That is Jeffrey Akuda, the corner, at number three. Number four, you've got the G-Men, the New York Giants. They're either going to go offensive tackle or linebacker Isaiah Simmons. And Dave Gettleman just can't help himself. He loves athletic linebackers. Isaiah Simmons can fly. I think he goes number four. His bet on line over under is six and a half. I really think he hits the under. Because even if the Giants don't take him, I think maybe the Dolphins or the Chargers do if they don't elect to take a quarterback. So I like the under for Isaiah Simmons. Then you get to the Miami Dolphins, number five, and they'll debate Tua Tungavailoa or Justin Herbert in this position. They're going to go Tua. You know, I know there's some medical questions, but there's some performance questions with Herbert. I think they're going to go Tua Tungavailoa and feel like they got a guy who otherwise would have been the number one pick at number five. Number six, it's the L.A. Chargers. I think they're happy to take Justin Herbert from Oregon. 4.0 GPA, smart kid, big, great arm. He's got five and a half is his over-under for bet online. That's a tough one. I guess here I'm going over, but I'm not sure that I'd put a lot of money on the over there because Herbert could go at three, he could go four, he could go five. So keep that in mind when you're making your bet over at bet online. Number seven, Carolina Panthers. Derek Brown, the D tackle from Auburn. His over under at bet online is eight and a half. So I'm going under there. Number eight, the Arizona Cardinals need a right tackle desperately. I think they'll take Alabama right tackle Jedrick Wills instead of Tristan Wirfs from Iowa at number eight. So go ahead and take Wills at number eight, the Arizona Cardinals. Number nine, another offensive tackle, Makai Becton. This dude's almost 6'8", 370 pounds, and he can move. He's the number nine to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number 10, you've got Andrew Thomas, in my mind, going to the Cleveland Browns. They need a left tackle desperately. Started three years at Georgia. Very gifted player. His total in terms of where he'll get picked at bet online is 10 and a half. So he would be another under there if the Browns take him, as I suspect. Remember, you can place any of these bets at betonline.ag after you use the promo code podcast one. And if you want to hear the rest of my picks for round one, make sure you're listening to the Ross Tucker football podcast and the even money podcast. So then you can make even more bets over at betonline.ag. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Napa know-how. 
at Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa Automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa Automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last. Offer ends 831 20